Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Johnny Tremendous. <laughs> That's my name today. What okay, do you think? Johnny. Uh, no, isn't your porn name is... Uh, it's, <laughs> no, it's your middle name and the street you grew up on. Yeah, yeah, something like so that. So what's yours? What is? What do you define growing up? What time period? Like, let's say born. Born? I don't even... Oh, I have no idea. If you think, if you're talking like elementary school, it would be, sure. um, it would be Brad Mountain. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> that works. Brad Mountain. Okay. Wait, no, that's, oh yeah. Brad's your middle name, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. So Brad Mountain. All right. And then the other one is, um, your <laughs> first pet and your mother's maiden name. First pet. Yeah. So let's think. Wait. So I think it might have been. <laughs> yes. It's, I think it would be. Uh... <laughs> Wait a minute. So we had a couple dogs when I was a kid, and I don't remember which came first. When well, I what's really? Young. I mean, for the sake of us doing a podcast, Gunther, which one had the funnier name? <laughs> I, I think it was uh, <laughs> Gunther. <laughs> yes, McCallum. Wait, Gunther, what? McCallum. Oh, that's not that much fun. All right, Gunther had some promise because then, I mean, we started this interview. I, did we? Did we talk shit about Germans? In yes. the intro? We talked shit about Germans at the beginning and uh, then we talked and then we praised Germantown and towards the end. Oh, that was very ironic. Yeah. Okay. Cause, <laughs> cause I was going to go ahead and do it again. When you said Gunther, I was like, Oh, okay. Shiza porn, you know, <laughs> but, but now I feel bad, but I just did it again. Oh, uh, <laughs> do we have a large German listening audience? We probably don't. Right. Uh, ooh. You see the numbers? Yeah, no, it's not huge. We do have not huge. I can't remember. I haven't zeroed in on Germany. I've just looked at like you know um, Europe, sort of as a whole. Uh, <laughs> it's funny though. I mean, it's like it's one of those things you talk to anybody. No, I know it's recurring. who hasn't visit. Yeah, I mean, every single person in a touring <laughs> band just tells the same exact story. That's 
There's nothing wrong with the people, okay? I've been there so many times, I've figured it out. There's nothing wrong with the people. The big difference is Americans are always fucking around. Right. We are never serious, even when we're serious, and sarcasm does not exist in Germany. It just doesn't exist. So every time you start to fuck around, they think you're being serious. And then all of a sudden you're down this wormhole where you can no longer have a useful conversation anymore, (laughs) you know, but there is that thing. I don't know. It's hard not to think, like I said in the interview that every once in a while they're taking your pants down, you know, maybe because you're American and you know, Oh, you've been pretending like you're exceptional for so long. Let me take this small opportunity to take your pants down a little, you know, maybe, maybe that's where it's coming from. It probably, it's become part of their thing and it works for them. I think that's what it is. I mean, give me a spätzle any day. (laughs) So I have a funny story about nothing is a great band. Um, I've been a big fan for a while, uh, ever since Tired of Tomorrow, kind of been following their work when they recorded with John. But the funny thing that happened that really tied nothing into my everyday narrative is that the phone, I've had the same phone for, you know, I don't know, eight years or something. I don't like changing these things. And the first song that pops up anytime I plug in my phone in the car, anytime I start a party shuffle is the song ACD, which is track four on on Tired of Tomorrow. Uh, It's called obsessive compulsive disorder and songs badass, you know, but basically it goes, you know, right at the beginning, there's a very big riff and a groove. And my son obviously has heard this fucking thing about 5,000 times because I plug it in, it starts and then I put on whatever music I'm going to listen to. And maybe about a month ago, he just started asking me to let it play through. Right. And I'm like, okay, you know, cool. Like, I'd rather listen to fucking this than sparkled stories on the way to school today. Like, cool. Let's get down with some nothing. And then it turns from like just wanting that song to like, daddy, play the record. Let me see the front. Then asking me questions. Then demanding I play the album on the way to school and stuff like that. And now my five-year-old son is like a shoegazer fan. Like he is an actual nothing fan who's sitting in the car eyes looking out the window jamming the shoegazer which is like i i don't know if i could be more proud of anything you yeah, know like like it could be it's, way worse yeah so so nothing that's why uh you know we have a little bit of a guest spot today from a family member coming in because nothing has uh, started to play a very important role in my family funny huh that's hilarious. And it's also, I mean, it's hilarious the way that happens because the same thing happens to me. It's, it's like whatever is in your like iTunes alphabet alphabetically is what it is. Cause it's right. the, it's, Oh, is that why it's, yeah. cause it's ACD. Cause, do you know what mine is? Which I didn't even know was in my fucking iTunes library, but it, it's the same. It comes on every time. And it took me forever to figure out that that's what was happening. It's, uh, it's like, I think it's Ella Fitzgerald, a tisket, a tasket. <laughs> oh shit! Really? <laughs> which, which, like, I have no. I, I mean, it must have been from my wife's collection because she's got a lot of wacky shit. And like, you know, I ripped all of our like back in the day, ripped all our stuff together and uploaded it to iTunes. And that's 
the first song to come on when I plug into like a car with my phone. Okay, that's not bad. A task it. How many? Let me ask you this. It used Just, to drive me so crazy because I didn't know where it was coming from. I'm like, why every time we get into a rental car, is this fucking song on? <laughs> it's always here. Yeah, I used to. I used to get annoyed. I'd be like, oh my god, this fucking song again. But you know, it, now I, you know, we're about to listen to a nothing interview. Luckily, my my wife's uh, the first song that comes up on hers is an exploding heart song. So. I mean, those are two things that are good to inundate your kids with, right? <laughs> Nothing and exploding hearts. But let me ask you this. How many people throughout the world get an ABBA song first thing? Well, it's the title, though. It would oh, be ABC. It would be, like, it would be like Jackson 5 or something. You know what I mean? So what song starts with, with AA? <laughs> Is there a song about Hard Aaron Burr? <laughs> I'm going sure it right is. now. Someone wrote a song about Aaron Burr. Oh, there's got to be one from Hamilton, look. dude, right? There's got to be look. a Hamilton oh, song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here it is. It's called Aaron Burr, Sir. That's it. So how many oh. of you out there get that song? Comes up on your phone. It's got to be. I mean, I think you have to have an iTunes library, though, because that's where it's pulling from. Oh, sorry. I was going to play Aaron Burr, Sir, but uh, here we go. Hang on. This is <laughs> so. How many people out there in the listening audience? <laughs> what the this fuck? is the first song. Ben, oh my god, they really rap. You've never seen Hamilton, you've never heard of the Hamilton song. He actually raps, huh? Oh my god, I, you're so lucky that you've completely. I mean, I'm not, I shouldn't say it's, it's, it's not like frozen, but yeah, my kids have been into it for so long. They can rap the whole fucking record. My kids. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. And my nieces, there's three of my nieces, and they sat in a park and literally ripped an yeah. entire Hamilton song, going like verse to verse, like they were the fucking Beastie Boys or oh, yeah, something. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, they, yeah. they were like trading off verses. Yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I've witnessed it, dude, for the past fucking three or four years. Well, I guess it's time I saw <laughs> Hamilton, huh? Uh, no. It's okay. It's okay. I saw the version on T that they showed on TV where they just filmed the play. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's impressive. It's an impressive feat, but you know, it's, it's, uh, whatever it is. What it yeah. Is. I mean, I don't know how many ways I could say that, uh, yeah, I just don't care. <laughs> I don't I mean, care that much. Do you know how many kids have learned about history from it though? Really for that, it's a huge success and I, I applaud it immensely for that. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Cause it really has taught, a lot of kids stuff that there's no way they would fucking absorb otherwise. Good point. Brad, I'm going to do something we never do. You ready for it? Uh, fart into the mic. No, I do that every <laughs> time. Um, I'm going to talk about our Patreon before the episode Woo! starts. Cause Boy, I finally because, remembered because I'm such a bad promoter. We're both <laughs> not the best whores in the world, but we did start putting some cool stuff on there. That Chris Shiflet episode from last week, there was a good extra like 10, 15 minutes of fun chat that we threw up there. Yep. So if by the end of this episode, you're not super annoyed by us uh, and you thought it was good at all, you know, do something to help us if you want. How's that for a pitch? <laughs> That's great. It's a great pitch, yeah. dude. Okay. You, what's the link? <laughs> Say the link. Patreon.com uh -huh. slash going off track. Right. Me and you are the worst. We should just be asking for like checks by mail. 
If you like the way we sound, please put anything you can in the mail to P.O. Box 7782. And then we'll mention your name on the program. Okay. Check, check your money order preferred. <laughs> We're the worst. We got to youthen up. How are we going to get more contemporary? Should we get like a 19-year-old a like co-host? Oh, God. <laughs> just to like, no. just so we don't, so, so we're not boomers? Maybe we could get a, ni- a you know, 19-year-old uh, producer to take care of all the tech uh, stuff so that I don't have to keep up with it. There you go. Because every time you try to do something, you need to like Google instructions, right? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, let's listen to this great interview. Yeah. Do you know there's this misconception that all like skinny people are healthy? Uh. You know, and a lot of my friends who are the biggest rippers there are are the people who are super skinny. And I'm just like, yeah. listen, you're not healthy. All you have inside of there is just like one gerbil in a wheel. Mm-hmm. Just kicking around, like looking for some cheese, you know. You're not doing yeah. well on the inside. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the skinny guys. The skinny guys are always getting away with it. It seems like, I, well, I, of course, they never, they never, they never get bellies from drinking for like years in a row or anything. It's. But then at like 45, they get the super obvious beer one, you know, the one that just sits yeah. right in front. The pregnant belly? Skinny, <laughs> skinny fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skinny fat. How's your body doing these days? It's, 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 it's bordering, uh, it's bordering, um, what I'm trying, I'm trying to think of it like a mus- muscular dystrophy almost <laughs> from, from like, from like not moving around at all. Yeah, a little bit the of other, atrophy. Yeah, atrophy is actually what I guess I, I was looking for. Yeah, um, I, I the other day I I was really jammed up, like trying to get these interviews done for for Europe, uh, and they were all in text, so it was just like a whole day's work. Yeah. And I looked at I looked at my phone at the end, and, and it said I'd taken nine steps throughout the day. So. <laughs> So, oh, that's so that's that's some insight on what's going on with me. Pretty much, I'm actually kind of impressed though, because that means that that means you got up like once. <laughs> I got so, up, walked into the living room to get coffee, and then just that was yeah. It for so the that's day. a pretty good focus, yeah. actually. If you can do that, I don't know if I yeah. could get my head into uh, uh, written German interviews for that long. I would have had a lot of steps by default. Walking yeah, away from you, the computer when you hear uh, your new record is not as good as old record. Why yeah, is exa- this? Ex- exactly. <laughs> so, so usually when I stack all those up and, and for one day, where I'm okay. just going to be like, I'm going to be like, all right, I'm going to handle all this bullshit today, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 I'll I'll wake up early, take an Adderall, drink some <laughs> coffee, so I so I start going crazy. I usually kind of talk a little wreck. Not reckless, but like I, I'm, I'm very sarcastic, especially with the Germans because yeah, you have to of, be. of what of what you just mentioned. So yeah. like, you know, I have I have learned to I've learned to have a good time with it, uh, but Smart. it's still it's still really punishing. So so by the end of, <laughs> by the end of the day, I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I I'll have a little bit of weed, and when the Adderall yeah. and the weed start mixing together, my my answers get really strange and. <laughs> So, so that, I'm kind of on that right today. So, so well, you, maybe you'll get some weird stuff out of me. I hope so. I mean, 
the, it's funny with with because there's no matter. It doesn't matter how much you fuck with them, right? Like, like the mm-hmm. whole reason the interviews are strange is because there's a strange like lack of humor. You know what uh, I mean? So exactly. when you start messing with them, they just get more and more confused sometimes. You yeah, know, when you start it's, going it's, that's kind of, honestly, that's kind of how I've learned to not get like upset with them. Um, yeah, is, right. is, is to just like turn it back onto them and just yes. confuse them. Yeah. So like uh, all my German friends are very, even you know, are very confused by me because I, by default, even the ones, you know, even the Germans I'm friends with and stuff, I still treat them like, like differently than everybody else. I, 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 I suppose it's probably a little bit problematic, but what are you going to do? You know, it's, it's, it's German. Yeah. Listen, it can be a very emotionally taxing group of people to be around. So you got to find ways to protect absolutely. yourself. You already know the first time I went there, I was, I was, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but no, please. The, first time, the, the first time I went there was on tour with my, my old band horror show. Um, right. And it had been our first time being over there. And, you know, the first show that I played, I, I staged over and, f- fell on top of some kid's head and broke two of my ribs. Oh shit. Um, so while we were sitting, I was sitting in the merch booth and, and uh, this German guy came up to me and was just like staring at me for a while. And I, I had not, I've not, um, I wasn't very familiar with like what to expect by that point. <laughs> I've only heard like, you know, right. your typical, your typical stories, but yeah, the guy comes up to me and he just like, is it, He's like Dominic. I was like, yeah. He, you know, I'm in pain. I'm. Uh, he's like, uh, is it true that you murdered a man? Oh my god! <laughs> that was the, first, <laughs> the first, the first thing he said to me, and I was just like, uh, no, it's that's not. And he was just like, he just like nodded up and down and was like, uh, do you have this in an M? I was oh just my like, god! Yeah, yeah. So my first, my first experience with German didn't let oh. me down. And, yeah, good talk. My ribs are fine, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember one time uh, the singer at Gaslight, Brian, uh, had to get an emergency tooth pulled uh, in in Germany. His show, oh, I think in Hamburg or something. So literally like two hours before the show, he's in so much pain. He's got to go to a place. You know, it's Germany and Europe where they don't believe in drugs. So he's basically mm-hmm. given like two Tylenol and then had this uh, thing, like I think two of them ripped out of his head. And then managed to get get back to the show, managed to play almost an hour set with these two just, you know, like pulsing. And of course, they don't have painkillers there either, you know, so you're just on like Tylenol. Yeah. And even after that show, the same thing where they're just like, ah, your set was a little short tonight. You know, yeah. I'm just like, guy, yeah. like, what, what, what do you want? I mean, no, there's there's no borders with them. It's no. just like, well, you know, you get the typical... The record is great, but the live set, not so much. You're they always like, got, oh, yeah, they always got to take uh, your pants down a little. Yeah, like it can, yeah, it can never just be like a full like, like you're doing great. Yeah, I mean, until I come in hot on them, I'll just be like, I'll be like, what? What do you got to say? What was wrong with the show tonight? What? What? What's <laughs> right. going on? And they're just like, uh, they also don't know how to handle that. So like, yeah, they're, they're just s- like, oh, uh, you put them in the like overdrive. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's they're so strange because like- as an American, you take what they're saying as confrontational, right? But mm-hmm. they're actually like the least confrontational people 
when you actually like get into it. It's really strange. I remember another quick German story. This is why I call it going off track, buddy. This is why we do this. One time, you know, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but have you ever been like on a stage or on a festival and just knew that they were talking shit about you in another language? Yeah, that's like like every show we ever played. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like you can't confirm it. But, you know, you know human nature, you know eyes, you know faces, uh-huh. you know body language. And you're like, these motherfuckers are talking about us, like definitely. Yeah. And one time I was a few weeks in and I'm at a festival and I was constantly getting into fights with German stagehands because, you know, they're nuts. Like you're off stage for 15 seconds and a group of like six dudes with no neck is like breaking your drums down. And I'm like, yeah, this is all rental shit. I can't lose anything. Everybody just clear the fuck away for five minutes so I can do this, you know? And, you know, I told them that. And then I see a side conversation going on, a couple glimpses my way. And in my limited, like, English-German accent, I was just like, shut the fuck up. I know what you're talking about. You can't talk about us on stage. This is bullshit. But totally bluffing. I had no idea what they were saying and it completely completely confirmed all of my biases because they're like oh no no we were not saying this we were saying this i'm like gotcha motherfucker i had no idea what you were saying but i knew it i knew it listen you gotta you gotta go deep with them so yeah man so where are you right now you're in a east village or yeah yeah yeah. I'm, i'm in a east village new york city uh I was supposed to wake up a little early today and try to go food shopping before uh before this this oh yeah this this next uh whatever the fuck is going to happen who knows they're saying 10 they're saying a foot now but it could probably be 1 inch or 60 feet of snow <laughs> yeah. going by the way that this year is going so who knows <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah, I yeah. I didn't make it to the grocery store either way so uh yeah, I'm 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 just here uh sitting in this little tiny apartment. How you guys are in Jersey, huh? Uh Brad's right by you. Yeah, dude, I'm right downtown. Oh. I'm in the I'm in Lower East Side. Oh shit, we're I'm on tenth and C. Hi, oh, yeah, I'm at Grand Street. Nice. We're neighbors. Yeah, I go I get up there all the time, dude. My uh kids take guitar lessons from that guy on the corner of like sixth or seventh, you know that little shop there? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, that guy's cool. So yeah, he, he follows us on Instagram actually. Oh really? <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got this Benny. He's got this little storefront. It's tiny, but he's like, it's just music geek. He's got a whole little studio in there. He gives guitar lessons, like with the front door. Oh, open, I love it. Onto the street. It's that that rules. Oh, yeah, that rules. I love I love the neighborhood, man. It's it's really nice right now because it's like. Yeah, has this like post-apocalyptic feel o- over here. Uh, you know, you know, my my little section is like I, I I'm actually I guess like Alphabet City is like some I'm, I'm on right off D, so like okay. you know my area is still just like you know it's it, it kind of it it's it's the one it's the one saving grace about like being a Philly dude that moves to New York and like always hating everything New York, uh, (laughs) you know, coming here like, and living in this neighborhood, I fell in love with it. Like right away, you know, like I I grew up in like Kensington and, you know, my neighborhood was mostly like, you know, poor Irish, uh, Puerto Rican and black. So like this, this area is like, I feel like it's probably like 
the closest you can get to that. Uh, I mean, at least on the island. Before in Manhattan, you go, yeah, you know, sure. Yeah, Manhattan. So it's it's cool. Like I, I just feel like I, I don't feel weird, too weird about being here a lot. I do a lot, but you know, <laughs> it's comfortable. You you can't help it. It's built into you. So what was yeah. the, what was the impetus for you? Like, how did you, how did you um, get to the city? I know like, you know, for someone who's not from our area, the jump you made is quite the, uh, not only a physical move, it's almost like a philosophical move because of mm. how much we talk shit about each other growing up. So yeah. um, like, like what, what brought you to the city? Why, why did you feel like you had to get out of Philly? Well, I mean, honestly, like I, I, I talk like the, the, the New York hatred thing. Like I, even, even like when I'm, when I find myself in like these heated sports things, <laughs> right? I, which, which is like kind of dependent, like on the year, to be honest, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm in and out of following a lot of stuff, but I, I've never really been like agitated by New York teams, more just like New York fans, uh, and I think <laughs> right. it was more, more, not even really about the sports. It was just, I liked confrontation to be mm-hmm. honest, but, but, uh, you know, that, that, that thought never crossed my mind moving to New York. It was more about just like leaving Philadelphia, which is something that I always knew was, was going to be something that I would, I would do. Um, okay. and every time I'd, I had done it previously, it had been a complete failure, so, uh, New York always made sense to me just because like, it's a, you know, you can throw a rock to Philly and, and, uh, when I get burnt out on New York, I head down to Philly or when I'm back burnt on Philly, which happens really fast nowadays, <laughs> okay. uh, I'm right back up here. So it's, it's, it's pretty good. I, I came here originally cause my, my girlfriend is, uh, she's a stylist up here and she, she needs to be on the scene. So gotcha. basically I followed her six years ago, uh, and, I'm really here for no reason at all. Just to basically just like hyper spend my money faster than I'm built for pretty much. <laughs> Other, otherwise, otherwise, besides that, I, 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 I don't really leave the house very often. I mean, yeah. nobody does right now, but, uh, yeah, I think I missed like the, the, the 10 years ago, I would have probably really taken advantage of living in New York, but now I'm just like, I just moved here to, to, sit inside of a small room basically <laughs> and how how old are you 39 39 that's a good yeah. time to come to i mean you know it's interesting a lot of people at that age you know if you came in like your mid 30s you know i i found the same thing living up that way is it, it's not necessarily the party the dinner you know there's that aspect of yeah. city living which is going out which is like the going out culture where you're you know, never in the tiny apartment you rent. That's the reason it's tiny. But the other mm-hmm. thing it offers, and, you know, just from knowing a little bit uh, about you doing research, is, like, it offers that, like, anonymity where you get to exist without anybody knowing you exist. Do you kind of, like, yeah. enjoy that part of New York? Yeah, I mean, it's it's honestly, it's great. And and you can you can be involved if you want really easy, and you can you can kind of fade into a... Uh, a crowd unknowingly really easy as well. So I, I do really like that. And that's always been like my favorite part about New York city. Um, it depends on, you know, like however you're feeling, I, you know, I've, I'm sure you can fathom that I've, you know, I've had my, my New York week, week long benders where I <laughs> right. ended up in some really strange places and uh, you know, but it, it, 
for the most part, for me, it's just been a kind of like a retirement home. Yeah, yeah. Now, when's the last time? Like, like I know all bets are off in quarantine, <laughs> but um, what you guys were kind of you were all holed up in a house somewhere, right? In this last record, right? Like, how did that? How did that come to pass? And and were you? Were you actually like stuck there when the shit hit the fan, like the Rudy Gobert night? Yeah, man. It, uh, shit, shit, shit was shit was kind of crazy the way this this happened. Uh, you know, uh, uh, 2018, the end of 2018. I actually was like, uh, was New Year's Eve of 2018, heading into 19, uh, and I was in this apartment um, in the same seat that I'm in right now. Nice. Uh, just staring at this, uh, you know, staring out the window, kind of Wait, listening to... Wait, what floor to, are you on? Just to paint us a picture here. Four, fourth floor. And, okay, and perfect. directly out my window is um, uh, like a 25-story like uh, housing building. So oh, I basically cool. just like... And it's balconies. So I just like kind of... There's this Dominican dude that lives across from me that's like covered in tattoos. And he's just like always sitting outside smoking weed. And, and we just like... <laughs> we often like wind up staring at each other for like three minutes before we realize we're doing it. It happens all the time. It's it's really strange actually. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, New Year's Eve, uh, you know, everyone was outside partying and, uh, my, my girlfriend went to like a, a party and did some shit and I wasn't really into it. So I just, we were probably fighting or something, uh, you know, um, and I, I remember like sitting at home, kind of just playing around with the guitar and kind of having this like uh, this stress stress session with myself, like kind of, you know, deciding whether I wanted to kind of keep this going or, you know, you know, we're, we were leaning into 10 years this year. Um, so right. for me, like after that last record, Dance on the Blacktop, like. I, I really enjoyed that record. We worked with John Agnello and, and, and that was like a, a, a personal goal to work with John. And, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, I, I, but I just didn't really see like what I wanted to see out of it. And, and it just kind of, it, you know, we lost a couple members and put some new people back to fill in the spaces, which is really typical for us to do, right. um, since the beginning. Um, but you know, there was, there it was a there was a lot of indecision on what I wanted to do, uh, and I just kind of was weighing my options, uh, knowing that I was going to be leaning into like uh, a lot more responsibility on writing again, like kind of reminiscent to like the the early days of this project, right? Um, and, and, you know, I had these like goals that I wanted to, to get done with this record, which was real, which was really much just kind of you know dealing with this certain time in my life that like made me start this thing in the whole, right. in the whole, in the beginning. And I, and I, and I hadn't really got any of that completed. So, um, you know, I, I've always worked best when I've had my back against the wall and I felt like mm -hmm. my back was pressed against the wall. There was a lot of self doubt and all this stuff. So sure. I think that kind of just sent me into the, a, a different mind state, you know, like, uh, you know, I, 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 I like when, things don't seem like that i like when 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 something's telling me i can't do something i typically uh react good you know react to that so <laughs> yeah sure I, I i i wound up demoing through the night uh on new year's eve and and, oh, cool. and wrote just started demoing until like 6 a.m and you know we 
we I continued to just demo here for that whole next year until we booked time with Will. Wow. Um, so yeah, when we when we did book the time with Will, um, it was supposed to be April. Um, and we, we started talking in January, we seen the coronavirus was like kind of starting to grab a hold. We, we had just got back from Asia in October, which is crazy. Oh, wow. Like we, we, and we did like face masks there and everything because, you know, like the, like we were playing Korea and Japan and they, they, you know, we were, we were pretty ahead with the face mask. We didn't even really realize it, but, um, crazy. Yeah. We, we, you know, we booked the time with Will, uh, for April. Uh, January rolls around. We start seeing that there's problems on the horizon. Uh, we keep an eye on the situation. We wind up pulling the dates to the beginning of March and we make a decision like, you know, if we get into the studio and this shit hits the fan, which it looks like it's gonna, um, you know, we're just going to have to lock in for five weeks. And, uh-huh, um, I see. and we, so, so, you know, we, we all made like the pact, like whatever happens where this is it, you know? So yeah, once you open the door, that's it. Doors open, you walk through, you're in. And you guys are familiar with Concha Hocken at all. Uh, Uh, Not sure. No, it's, it's, it's out like by like, um, King of Prussia mall outside of Philly. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a ghost town. Uh, it's, and, and it's a ghost town regularly, essentially. (laughs) Uh, So, so we get there and, you know, we, we knew what we were getting into and, you know, the, we got in and think like March 6th, uh, which was, you know, two weeks before it like popped off here, you know? Right. Sure. Uh, is there an actual and, studio there? Or you guys rented a house? Or? No, no, no. It's a Will Yip studio, studio. Oh, four. okay. Gotcha. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's like a, we, we, I, I worked out at Airbnb with this, this person for a house, uh, right cool. next door to the studio. And we just, we stayed there for five weeks and, uh, kind of watched the world un, unravel yeah, on itself. Yeah. Pretty stressful, stressful point. You know, like it, it, you remember during that, that time, like they, they didn't, they were like rumors that they were going to, everybody's getting those fake texts, like saying that they were going to shut down the bridges and tunnels. Yes. And, yeah, but like it all seemed like like logically possible. Sure. Um, yeah. Why not? And 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 it was so stressful trying to be in the studio and like work on this record, but also like, am I gonna have to like do some fucking uh, escape from New York type shit to get like my people out of there, like my yeah. dog, and you know, like what's going on? So it it was it was kind of a mess, but was we, there I any had no like idea what we we're gonna get into? Were, were you like uh, were you able to? full on mentally just be like, all right, this is a fucked up situation. I'm all in on this record. Or were you being like, um, pulled by a outside where were you feeling guilty about not being home or being around yeah. your people? Yeah, there was a, there was, it was a whole lot of that. That's, that's kind of what I is insinuating. It's just like, you yeah. know, stressed about the record because, you know, like what I mentioned, just like, these hurdles being put in front of us with this and, and, and having everything on my shoulders again, sure. uh, was, was tough. But then at the same time, I'm, I'm, you know, I have to, it's not even that I can just like black out like the, the, the stuff that's going on outside the yeah, studio because I'm, you? I'm attached to it. You know, my people are there. I'm worried about my people. I'm wondering if I'm making the right decision being there. Um, you know, there was a whole lot of that. So, so yeah, the whole, the whole studio time was just like, it, it was, was just, stressful as fuck um and we just 
we, you know, we like, I just drank a lot the whole time I was there. Um, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of that. That's always kind of the answer by the end of it. Uh, hey, listen, I, I was like, uh, I was like a maybe once or twice a week scotch drinker prior to this quarantine. Mm-hmm. And that greatly went up, you know, like there's yeah. just, I, you know, it was like all bets are off. Cause like you were saying in March, anything was possible, you know, how the fuck were yeah. we supposed to know how this was going to pan out? And that, that type of anxiety is just, it's crippling. Uh, yeah. yeah. Man. So it's crazy though. I mean, you talked about how you sort of work best when your back's against the wall. Um, now, obviously this time it was something the world did that put your back up against the wall mm-hmm. and you didn't have much to do with it this time. But to go back a little, you were talking about how, you know, dancing the blacktop was, you know, a record you were very proud of and you got to work with someone you wanted to work with. And it was, it was well received and all that stuff, but you still felt by the end of that cycle and by that new year's that, um, like unfulfilled, you know, where, like, like where do you think that, that came from? You know, it's, I I feel like I've always have had that in me. Um, so it's hard for me to tell whether, whether I'm expecting too much out of myself or Mm. if if there's just the, the, the expectations are even conceivable in the first part. So for, for me, I knew that there was a plan, like, you know, I, I started this project in 2010, like it, it, out of like pure desperation, you right. know, like I, I was at, I was at my end uh, and I was looking to grab to onto anything. I know that sounds very dramatic, but it was like, it's quite like the, a fact of that where I was, sure. I was in yeah. a really bad place and I came up with this, I came up with this idea in my head. It was a pretty naive idea at the time that I was going to just, I needed to like address this, this, this one decade of my life, this, you know, that, that 99 sure. to like 2009, 10, you know, that, that 10 years of my life was, you know, I, I, I moved through that, that period, um, nonchalantly, like there wasn't, there wasn't things that I needed to address. And, <laughs> right. and I moved, yeah. I moved through it like the way that I was taught to grow up you know, to deal with problems. It's just like by avoiding them and moving on, you know, sure. and, and, and that wasn't the answer. And, and it, it, it kind of came to a boiling point. At, You're old, old Italian, Irish, Philly, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, what it's you, like, do. you it's, drink and you I, stuff it down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I came home from prison and, you know, came home to a, a handful of dead people and, yeah. uh, 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 you know, a, a really, uh, my, my life had been like, you know, blown to smithereens essentially, sure. you know, uh, while, while and, you were, while you were away, like things, things got significantly yeah. worse. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like my, my situation myself was obviously sure. not ideal, but like what was going on at home was, was just like, you know, it was, it was like Shakespearean, you wow. know, like, it, like just uh, uncles and, and some of my closest friends just like, you know, being involved in like some really terrible accidents and stuff like that. And, Fuck, and, uh, yeah. it was, it, it, you know, not being able to, not being able to see funerals and, and, and all that stuff is really hard to swallow, you sure. know, stuff you can't ever forgive yourself for. It's intense. So, yeah. so, you know, and I, I came home and, uh, it was like, 
there's no time for you anymore. It's it, get your shit together and, mm-hmm. and move on, you know? And, and that's kind of what I tried to do. And, 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 and uh, you know, there, there needs to be adjustment, readjustment back into things. And, and I was fucked up before I went into prison. I was fucked up when I came home from prison and, right. you know, so, uh, f- for me there, the, this idea that, I came up with this like naive idea that like turning back to music again, even though I'd kind of given up on it after, you know, the the reason I kind of gave up on music was one of the people that, that passed was my friend, Josh Schillig, who was like my co-writer in horror show. Um, I gotcha. yeah. He got killed in a motorcycle accident, like a really freak accident. Um, sure. And, and that kind of just like, you know, we had all these plans when I came home to like, kind of try to start doing what I was doing with nothing ah, with him. Fuck. Yeah. So that, that, that kind of just threw us uh, uh, something in the gear there and, and, sure. and it just stopped me from doing it. And next thing I know, when I was home, I was just like within like six months, I couldn't get a job. So I was selling Coke and I was hanging out at the bars and like, you know, I was just like back to like the, the shit that I was doing before, which was yeah. like, you know, uh, I, I was surviving, you know, but, uh, it was, it but was you know, just like, yeah, you know, where I, that it was a ticking up. time bomb. Yeah. You know, where yeah, that it was a ticking time. Yeah. I was on parole, you know, the parole rate in Philly <laughs> right. is like, it's 95%. It's like Jesus. one out of every 20 completes. So yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Know, really? Uh, it's that fucking low. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh nuts. my God. Wow. So, so I had this idea you know, that I needed to turn back to music and I needed to write a record and I needed to get this all off my chest. And yeah. and that was going to be like the way that I fixed myself. And, you know, I thought maybe I got to it with guilty of everything, but I never really felt that, that completion, like you said, and, right. um, I felt unfulfilled and, 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 you know, as we moved past guilty of everything into tired of tomorrow and dance on the blacktop, you know, I, I kind of relied on other people in the band to kind of mm. like help me get through, you know, the songwriting and stuff, you know, because gotcha. this was a new, this was a new world for me, you know, sure. like, yeah. and, and working with, 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 working with Brandon for a couple of years and, and Kyle and stuff like they had really interesting stuff to bring into the like dynamic of what I wanted to do with nothing. Right. And I obviously changed the, 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 direction in in a lot of senses and it became more of a band and not like the dominic palermo uh thing you know Um, uh and you know i think i started to realize when i was demoing the great dismal that like that that i was back to where i needed to be with this Mm. thing um and and you know i i love all the everything we've done in the, the past has been like super sincere and meaningful and 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 it's gotten me obviously like has done things that i can't explain for for my well-being and stuff um, sure. but but you know I, I i i needed to get back and i needed this kind of pressure and i started to realize that what i was doing was exactly what i was supposed to be doing and, and it kind of made sense in the grand scheme on a 10-year scale that this is how long it was going to take in the in the in yeah in the beginning you know that right. you know uh, the, I thought it was guilty of everything that was going to be the record, but I, I really feel like I, I feel that fulfillment now with this record. Like I, I did as soon as we heard rough at wills, like I, I knew that I like, I finally kind of got done what I, what I, what I needed to do. That's awesome. Now, yeah. like, it's interesting, you know, fr- from your point of view, you know, it's, um, you know, you said you were, you were out of prison and you, you needed, and you, you know, going down a bad path and you grabbed onto something. But, you know, from my perspective, you built something. 
um, yeah. which shows like, you know, a lot of self-awareness to know that, you know, you were having problems and the problems were going to get worse and needed to create something as an outlet for those problems. So I think you could give yourself some credit there too. Um, you didn't just like mm-hmm. jump into a band that uh, was already moving and got lucky and were in the right place at the right time. You know, you felt the need, you had a void yeah. and you filled it with the thing you needed to. And maybe that's why your music is, is um, good and authentic is because it actually comes from that place. You can give yourself a little credit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I'm not used to really patting myself on the back too much, oh, I'm but, sure. especially yeah. so, but like, you know, I, I, I did realize, you know, I started to realize and, and, and as, as I like, I had this really excellent group of like support around me, like not only this, Doyle and Kyle and Aaron, all super talented people, and and they helped shape this record. Uh, Will and Nick Nick helped shape this record, but like it, it, the support group was just like you know them telling me you know reminded me that what I was doing was really important and and right. and stuff like that and hearing people say that and because you know I'm my worst enemy I always have been right. uh, so like I, I I tell my things to to get myself to stop. This, what I'm doing and um, just having them around really, if it, if they weren't there, that none of this would have happened. I would have not have had that extra push. Cause I, I quit on myself several times during this and um, you know, and it was really just my own self and, and the self doubts getting to me. But um, you know, pr- pr- the one thing that, you know, the grasping thing, it, it, the one thing that prison did teach me is that I didn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sure. and, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to go back. Um, yeah. even though I've fucked around for a little while, I think like the, the, the out of the desperation that I say it was like, as like, yo, you're going, you're like on your way back there. So like, it's, it's no longer like if you keep this up, like you're, you're already there. Just like you need sure. to make a, a move right now. Um, what was and, your relationship? You know, what was your relationship with music when you weren't in jail? Um, it's it's strange, man. Um, there's a lot of different levels to it, I guess. Uh, you know, I've I've always i I've always been a, a fan of hip hop, and and yeah, me too. You know, uh, uh, I I grew up a you know, my, my early years was always like, you know, listening to Nirvana and Oasis, but also listening to like Easy E and fucking like all this West coast rap, like, you know, like, you know, but I, I, I've always been a fan. So there, there was, it was cool to, to, it was cool to be able to like enjoy, uh, listening to hot 97 for the first time because my, <laughs> right. my prison, my, my prison was in, my prison was in Trenton. So like we, okay. we picked up hot 97 there sure, and I, sure. you know, I, I never really knew what good, good radio was until hot 97. Um, <laughs> I, I, and that, and that's a straight up diss to Philly. Um, oh, dude, cause, I'll cause take our, it. Our, radio, our radio, our radio sucks. Our, our radio sucks. In Philly. <laughs> I just recently moved to your radio. Uh, and I'm not stoked about it. No, I miss, uh, I miss hot 97 and funk master flex. Yeah, man. It was cool <laughs> hearing that at nighttime. And, and, and I had, I had, I had three tapes. Um, okay. and w- one, one I got, I, okay. So 
when i'm talking about prison i can get like you're talking about off track like yeah that's the point if you talk to somebody who's if you you talk to somebody who's done a bid they can get really off track it's like the same as like a guy who goes to military i feel like they just well yeah it's such a it's a unique experience unlike anything that most of the people who are listening to this will probably understand so yeah. yeah yeah Absolutely. So, so okay. Without like d- digging too much, but I, I, I had a a girl that I was like friends with at that time that I was locked up, and I was on a minimum security status. So basically, oh, okay. like towards the end of my bid, I was we would go in like a group of eight people, and I was like the foreman. It was me, a cop, and the and and then the other dudes. And um, we would work in these office buildings or like like we would do like grounds work at like cemeteries and stuff like that. Um, we built cubicles and stuff. And everyone was like everyone was making moves out of those details, obviously. Um, of course. OK, right. So the cop, um, the cop that was on our detail, I, I won't say his name, just even though. Whatever. Um, now this he, this he, is the right time to let people know. To let people know what yeah. cops are up to. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, yeah. You know, it sucks because like he was a dirty cop, but he was also like the the uh, the coolest one that I could find. Sure. You know. Yeah. But um, he, I sent him down to Philly one night um to hang out at the the bars that I was connected to, and 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 I told my people at home like, yo, if this dude ever comes in, like take care of this sort him out and yeah yeah so so this dude went down there and he had like he they they took care of him he, he had a night he, like yeah. he had a good night like he he you know he, he met some girls like yeah, he, yeah. he had like a he had like a really good night and he yeah, came that's back pretty like, gangster man that's pretty gangster. <laughs> yeah it was cool i and <laughs> yeah. i and i i it was like i felt like the man when he came back he was yeah, just like dude yeah what the fuck like you guys are your friends are all so anyway, from that point on, it was like he, I, I could do whatever I wanted when I was out right. on these details, okay. which I mean, I, I kind of was, that's what I was planning on, but, but, um, you know, like little things, like I wasn't, I wasn't bringing back drugs or anything like that. I, I brought back some weed a couple of times and some like black and milds and cigarettes during like a drought, but okay. this girl would basically drop these packages off, uh, for me and I would just, I'd, I'd grab them. And I would just stick them in my pants. And then when, when we got back to the unit, uh, the cop would never, he wouldn't fr- uh, strip search me. Oh, okay. A lot of the times he would tell me like he would have like some McDonald's leftover or something like that. I would, he would just be like, just stick it in your pants and, and like, just don't get caught with it. Right. So like, so like I would go back onto the unit with like fucking three big ass big macs and like black and miles cigarettes and weed just in, or something. in your pants and I, yeah and I, and I was killing it in there like like everyone loved me they were like you're like they were they're like you're the wildest white dude we ever met you know what i mean <laughs> so like so like i was i was like kind of like a mini legend in there for a second it was yeah pretty funny but um uh but yeah they, one of the tapes that they gave me she she brought me in a new a new uh new order tape oh there you go um so it's like a new order best of tape. Uh, so I had that and I had the locks, we are the streets and I had a DMX uh, tape. <laughs> uh, so those, those are the three tapes that I had in prison. But besides okay. that, it was radio, radio for pretty much. Mostly radio. So you, so yeah. you really didn't for those couple of years, you didn't really know what was going on. Like punk hardcore scene so much. Nah. And honestly, I, I, I was over it to be honest. Like most okay. of my friends that were like wrapped up in like the scene, like in, in the hardcore scene were like, 
they took a turn when I, when I left, like people started doing gang shit and I was, we were never like, a, I was never really about the gang stuff. Like, like, like in a hardcore scene, we were always kind of like, it was a rough scene. It was a violent scene and stuff where we came if, from. Philly but at like, the time, was that like, what, like ninth circle FSU, yeah, like that kind yeah, of shit. Yeah, all that, all that shit started going off. Um, yeah. They tried to beat me up once. Was, yeah. They try to beat a lot of people up. Uh, and, and that was the thing that I didn't like about that. Like I, the reason I got into that music was I was always an outcast. I was always the guy getting right. bullied and stuff like that. And sure. so when, when they did that, like I, I was not on board and, 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 and a lot of our relationships like really fell apart from that point on and, and like gotcha. they separated. So a lot of those guys, you know, it's, it's weird. Like I get connected to them just like out of it, but it, it, you know, by the time I had went to prison, that was like the end of it, you know, for gotcha. me. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I never looked back. I actually wound up having problems with a lot of those guys myself later on because 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 right? of the yeah, just because of that me not wanting to be a part of them. You know, right. they, they yeah, tried yeah. that, but you know, we we it all worked itself out. Sure, that's pretty wild, man. I, there's something that seemed to be like a recurring pattern when I was you know looking into your your story. And there seems to be sort of like a kind of like outsiders fascination with like your past and your story, almost like the people asking you like feel guilty about their own experience or their own credibility and kind of seem to like spin it back on you. Do do you pick up on that? It kind of seems like a weird lonesome spot to be in, especially when dealing with like music press and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Thank you for saying that. Cause I mean, that's absolutely is the case. Okay. Uh, I, I, I feel like we're, 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 and it's, it's my fault at the end of the day. Like I put myself into these positions. So I have to, I have to, that's the one thing that really sucks about this is at the end of the day, I always have to look back on myself that, that I'm the reason that I put myself in these positions. Sure. But I mean, you, you think like this is 20 years ago at this point, you know? Right. And, and like, um, I don't mind talking about this stuff because it was so important about the part of everything that that my life embodies. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't mind that. The the things that get irritating sometimes is like how lazy people are uh, with, with such a thing. Um, Right. And and a lot of, a lot of that has to do with just like me and who I am and then what my situation is, you know? And, um, we, we don't get really, we've never been treated fairly by press or anything like that. Um, and, 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 and I've been vocally like pretty arrogant back to them. So like that doesn't really solve anything a lot of the time, but you know, like <laughs> that's just me, you know, like we, we, I have to hear like really lazy comparisons, uh, and, and like my life is that easy and not that complicated, you know, right. like, yeah. Our first pitchfork review, this the jackass like uh called, like made us a comparison to like shoegaze beanie seagull. It was just like what? and this is the type of like cringy oh, stuff that I've had to yikes. deal with my whole life because people don't understand like And that was like simply because of your experience? Yeah, I mean I think so. Like that's like yeah. that's to me is like the most ignorant shit ever. It's like Yeah, that's I, fucking my, my 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 hardship shit didn't start with like and my introduction to that world didn't start with prison. I had been in CFCF like three or four times at this point. Like right. my whole life, like leading up to that point was, was built for me to end up in that situation. You know mm. what I mean? Like it's, sure. it's not, a, it's, it's, you know, 
it's not it's not as easy put as as the way that it is but you know i mean it's just the way that that's the way that the world works like not everyone has time to to digest everything so for the most part i just try to my best to like not let things get to me and 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 to understand that that uh you know, not everyone has the time for that. And, and people are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah, the yeah. main thing. I mean, yeah. People are stupid. Like, and, and, and that's just the way it is, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, yeah, I, I'd say more so than stupid. It's like, it's, they're naive, right? Like, yeah. you know, someone sees that blip on someone's life and they're like, Oh, two years there. That's like, that's kind of cool. You know, because they yeah. don't actually know like what's going on to someone's life when it's happening. But yeah, yeah it's something that seemed seemed pretty obvious when I was looking into this. It's it's crazy. Like I've, I've, I hear like I've heard people tell me like like I've seen people like say like in comments on you know two years isn't that long, which which it isn't. My my friends my friends that are still locked up right now. I've my friend Timmy just came home from a ten year sentence. Like, yeah. like you know like I. I know, trust me. Like I had a seven year sentence. I, I managed to slide oh, after wow. two years. Like, okay. like I, I don't know how, like I shouldn't have, I, I should have did three or four probably. Um, and then I, I have like, you know, dealing with press, like going through this band through the years, like people, people that like call me a bro and stuff, you know, like, which is to me is so fucked up because like, like I have an accent and I talk the way I talk and I've done what I've done. So like the, the easiest way for like, like, you know, these, these like publications is like to call us like bros. Like I don't, I, that, that kind of shit like always irritated me. It's like, like these people are the same people that like sit there and talk about fighting for like criminal justice reform, but like would <laughs> right. easily write, write, write me off. And like, exactly. You know, the same you know, it's, it's all the same people. Like yeah. they, it, it, it's, it's who I am. and doesn't, doesn't fit what they, what they want completely. So they, they don't know how to explain it. And they, and they, and it turns into, you know, whatever they, whatever they can do to, to figure it out, I guess. But, totally. You well, know, no one ever says this shit to my face either. So I don't really <laughs> think about it too much. Of you know course. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And then, no, like I, I'm around, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I'm right like, here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's actually kind of goes perfectly into another question I had, like based on, uh, your experience, say you're your boss for a day. What is one thing, the most important thing you would change about the criminal justice system? Hmm. Uh, I mean, the, the, the mandatory minimum stuff is just like absurd. Right. Uh, I, you know, I know Larry Krasner is doing a lot in Philly right now to try to help that. Um, but there, I mean, the, the system is just so fucked up in Philly uh, uh, altogether. I mean, the conditions, the, the conditions in these places, uh, and I, I can't even, this is, this is, you know, 20 years ago again, the, the, the conditions were fucked up then. And, and I, I can't imagine, I, I hear stories about how bad it's been during COVID. It's, but I mean, if if I could change one thing, it would be it would for sure be it would have something to do with the mandatory minimum or 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 the the way that probation and the probation system works in Philadelphia because mm. I it's it's the most obvious revolving door like situation yeah and it's right. in, it's in it's insanity that it's it's still like that and and 
and that no one is no one could do anything about it because like once you once you catch a charge um it's it's next to impossible to get out man yeah, like right. I, I i i've the pro, the probation officers are corrupt everyone's corrupt around it the judges are corrupt it's 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 philly might have philly might be one of the most corrupt places ever uh as far as that stuff goes it's it's I don't even, I, I, I have some friends that have like worked in the system and we've had these really long, like, you know, when, when I tried to get involved with that a little bit, like I made some really weird, crazy connections that I never thought I'd be involved with and, and, and hearing, hearing it out of like people's mouths who are actually educated on it. It's like, man, it's, it's really sad. And it's, and it's really scary that, that, that like, you know, that, especially you know like black kids in philly are just like it's like it's like cattle the way that the way that they're scooped up and put into the system and it's it's just unfair and it's so fucked up um and and it's still just still just goes on like nothing so in your estimation like the things you saw are are do you think it, it happened as a matter of you know, time and confusion, or do you think this was like very intentionally set up once, once you get someone on paper, you keep them, you kind of keep them in? Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of these charges are, you know, a lot of these charges, you know, are, were sketchy in the first place, like how they, how these people got arrested, what they got charged for, you know, like, cops pulling people over without reason and, 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 and little bit of weed for the man, like the mandatory minimum stuff. Like it's like the perfect setup, right? It's like, okay, you're not going to get any time. We're going to, we're not going to put you in jail, but you, we're going to, we're going to give you three years probation yeah. and you're never going to be able to get off of it. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're, you're going to get dirty urines. You're going to, even if you, miss a time if you miss an appointment right. they they tack time onto it so right. like i i have i have some youngins that are like kids that kids that i've like you know grew up with that are yeah, yeah. got got that like are good kids like union union dudes and stuff like that like you know like uh and they got like a weed charge when they were 19 right. and they're like yeah. 28 years old right now and they're still on probation Ugh. And they still have a probation officer and they never got another charge. They just got more time added on to their probation. And it's like, it's crazy. It's like, how are you on probation? It's like, yeah, it's like fucking got caught with weed again or, you know, or, or like I missed an, I missed a a appointment. So they, they tack on. It's, 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 it's crazy, man. It's, uh, it's insane. I, I feel like if the, the rest of the country really had an understanding on what was going on, there would be like an immediate change because it's just like, it's absurd. I'm not so sure about that. Cause I mean, from what I can understand about it, yeah, that system is kind of serving a very functional purpose for probably at least mm-hmm. half this country. And I don't know if they really wanted to change all that much. Um, yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're right there too. There's, the, I mean, it's, it gets pretty deep for sure. Um, I mean, even you, when you when you talk about the working stuff, you know, I just recently was doing some research into just because I fucking don't sleep at night and go on wormholes and stuff. And seeing mm-hmm. that it was over, I forget the exact number, but at least half and more of the um, uh, the economy that came into the state of Alabama in the year 1900 was work done by the prison population. And when you see this, like, I mean, you could make the argument that slavery never really stopped. 
if you include yeah. what happened with with the prison system and where it stands now. I mean, you could make that case because you can go from A to D without skipping any steps, and it's kind of right there, you know. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I've worked the highways. You know, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've, I've, I've been, yeah, I've been that. out there on the, I've been out there on the turnpike in Jersey, yeah. like in all orange, like picking right. up trash, looking for like half drank bottles of fucking booze, <laughs> like you know, like I've I've been there. So like, yeah, you know, I think we got paid nineteen cents a day, um, and, and you know, that's cool that they even pay you because like you you. Yeah, it, it, you work every day. You have to, and then you 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 know a couple of weeks go by, and you got enough to buy like a rack of soups or something, you yeah, know, a rack they, of ramen right. or so. Yeah, like yeah. people need that in there. Like I I had it, I had it good. You know, I had a I had a good supporting cast for the most part while I was in there, and and um, yeah, man, like it, it's 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 a it's a it's a rough it's a rough life for sure. So. Basically, moral of the story: try, try not to go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do your best not to go there. All right, let's have some fun now, okay? So, <laughs> so I did this for fun because I knew we'd be talking about Philly a lot. So I got five fun facts about Philadelphia for you, okay? All right, you ready? <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. So, okay. did you know one in six doctors in America are trained in Philadelphia? Yeah, I, I didn't know the exact number, but I, I know that that's a, a thing. I think that's one of the main reasons why the Philadelphia real estate market is like the only one that's like functioning and uh, actually actually um, doing well, thriving in this okay. during this time. Um, huh, interesting. I've, I, 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 the one the one thing from Philly that has happened is uh, growing up. Um, a lot of my older friends were from Fishtown and Port Richmond and they, right. they, you know, in the early two thousands, they started transition to real estate because they were mm-hmm. selling all their parents' homes for them. And, and now wow. I have this like massive, all my scumbag loser friends from Philly basically all got into the real estate market and now they're super successful. And, oh, shit. uh, you know, and and I, I get updates pretty much, and I still don't own anything, so um, <laughs> let jokes on me. But uh, yeah, oh. yeah, that makes sense, and I, I think a big reason is because of the um, the uh, med- the medicine. Um, it's like the medicine mecca, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's something like that. All right, did you know the Philadelphia Eagle was named after the eagle on posters during the National Recovery Act during FDR's New Deal? I did not know that. That's a fun one. What then? Is that Swoop? Um, is that his name, Swoop? I I, I don't know. Did I just make that up? <laughs> I mean, it sounds right. I believe it. I, I don't think I'd like the Eagle since fucking... Uh, well, maybe since... I, I was pretty excited for it for Hertz that uh, I... I Foles was cool, but I, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty on the fence about the Eagles to be honest. So yeah, well, well, well you come over and be a Giants fan. So home to the first general <laughs> Maybe the Jets. Yeah, okay, that's fine. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to live a life of perpetual frustration, just move I to mean, New York and be a Jets and a Mets fan. It's it's actually kind of yeah, ties into the similar. nothing it's, to nothing's whole vibe perfectly. I think you should be a Jets yeah. and a Mets fan. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so it was home to the first general use computer built in 1946, weighing 27 pounds. Uh, wow. It was home to the first newspaper, the Philadelphia Packet and Daily Advisor in 1784. And this is one I think you'll like. It hosted the first organized protest against slavery. It was called the Germantown Quaker Petition Against Slavery, and it was the first organized protest against slavery in all of America. So there wow, you go. I never, I never knew that. So you got one That's good thing cool. about Philly. Germantown, man. Germantown has just always been cool. I yeah, always loved Germantown. It's still hip, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Aaron Aaron grew up, our bassist Aaron, he, he spent his early days in Germantown uh, before he moved out to the suburbs. Um, but yeah, I... You know, German Germantown has just always had such a fucking cool vibe to me. Like everyone I've ever known from Germantown has been just like, like a ice cold snake, man. Like just like, <laughs> just a gangster always. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what it is about Germantown. I just I, I always loved my Germantown people though. That's awesome. The real the ones that are from there. The, the real, real deal. Ones. Yeah, the real deal. Yeah. I don't know what's there now. I can't. I can't. I can't vouch for what's going on anywhere in Philly okay. anymore. Okay. So. So you said you said quickly that you're from Kensington and uh Well, kinda. Of. I, I, I grew up in I grew up in like uh Wissanoming, Frankfurt area first. Okay. Um and then when when my when my old man left, uh my mom had to pick up extra work, so I moved down to uh front in Indiana uh from like I guess like eight to eight to 12 i lived down there okay um so i i'm i'm a i'm a, I'm a blue line baby man like i i've been up and down like the frankfurt l tracks pretty much my whole life got you from like bridge and pratt to like k and a blue line baby i never heard that that's great um yeah so my sister went to drexel and dated a guy from kensington and i went out mm. to eat with this guy once and watched me a bunch of scrapple. Okay, now can you explain to the people not from Philadelphia what the fuck scrapple is, and do you love it as well? I I mean honestly, it's gross. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what is it like, even? It's just loose meat. I think. I mean, I th yeah, I think it's just like 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 leftover stuff, just pressed and then fried. <laughs> right. Uh, I think it's all pork. I'm pretty sure it's all like byproduct. I think it's weird. Like when you press it, you can kind of see some hairs in it sometimes. Oh, like, no, like, and by hair, I mean like, like you'll see like, like, like you'll just see like a, not like a fucking long black hair or something right, like that. Right. Like you'll see it like you'll kind of just catch like some peach fuzz or something on it it's, it's pretty <laughs> gross man uh i've never really been a fan of scrapple to be honest but okay. I, I i pretty much will eat anything uh that's 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 put in front of me um, okay <laughs> but um, you know it's funny my 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 grandfather who who actually i lived with in kennington uh he was he he had an apartment on front in indiana like right across the street from this this big yellow library in this park, which if you go there right now, it's like easily one of the most fucked up places you'll ever see in your entire oh, life. What's that? It's it's just like it's, it's overrun because they have like you know anyone could openly shoot down there now again. Oh, okay. And it's just mayhem, man. It's like it's like watching like a The Walking Dead for real. Like uh, 
it's 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 insane and it was bad in the 90s too it was it was just as bad in the 90s maybe um when i was down there uh but um yeah he 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 would he would cook like shit like that all the time like uh kibasi and like scrapple it was just meat always there was right. never anything else he was um he was a, it was my mom's dad. He was a boxing corner man and he worked at Whoa. Henley BC, Henley BC. Oh shit. Um, which was like a really famous gym and, and he was a corner man and, and, and trainer. And he, he wow. trained with a uh, sugar Ray Leonard, oh, and shit. Like, wow. uh, Holy field. He was friends with all the fighters down there. They loved him because he was a drunk. Um, and when he would go to AC, everybody would want to drink with him because he was just always drinking. He loved Crown Royal. Um, oh. And when I was a, when I was a kid, I'd go to his house and stuff, and I would, I'd have all my toys like bagged up in those little purple Crown Royal bags, and like, <laughs> you know, like I, I, back then I was just like, oh, these bags are cool. Like these nice velvety going. bags. And I never realized yeah. I had like fifteen of them with all little toys in them and shit, and I just never realized like, wow, this fool is really. Getting it in with some Canadian whiskey, you know, like, but, um, yeah. And, and I mean, his apartment was like something out of like a Rocky movie. It was yeah. down in Kensington. Like you could, it was right next to the L. So every time the L went by the, I can remember like the, the, the wall shaking and, and, yeah. and he had all these photos of in little shitty frames all over the walls with him and all the fighters and like other sports players, um, uh, all over his walls, it, it, you know, it was the real deal. And then when the L would go by, you'd see them shaking and stuff. It, it was, you know, you, you can't really like, it was, it was really cinematic if yeah. looking back on it. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, he, 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 you know, he was, I, he was really, uh, he was in AC and they all liked him a lot. And around that time, uh, not to go off subject again, but uh, the, he, he, the reason why I was never really a big Eagles fan, we kind of turned into a Bills fan because he, um, while he was in AC, that 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 famous Buffalo Bills team that never won the Super Bowl, the Jim Kelly, sure, Dermot yeah. Thomas, and like Andre uh, Reed, Andre Reed, Don Beebe, all that. Yeah. They they would go to Bruce AC Smith. all Bruce the time. Smith, of course. Bruce Smith too. Yeah. The, like like one of the nicest, kindest people ever. Uh, oh, okay. He was he was really really friends with these guys because they loved partying with them oh, and wow. he had pictures with them all the time and he like they signed cards for me and stuff and huh. he brought them back wow. um so i became a, a like a bills fan kind of just by default from sure. there um and now that i know that they were probably getting wrecked on fucking crown royal <laughs> just makes it even cooler to be honest oh man what an interesting guy that's uh, did he ever teach you uh anything about boxing yeah, I mean, we, we in the early days, like you know, I, I never got golden gloves or anything like that. But like, we we trained and threw some hands, and and then later on in life, I kind of got into it on my own accord a little bit, but uh, never really, <clears throat> never really followed through with it. That's crazy. Did it trail off anywhere else in your family? Any other boxers? Yeah, I mean, he, he, his brother was a was a champion fighter from wow. Philly. Uh, and if you see a picture of this guy, man, my mom just sent me a picture of him the other day. He's like, it's him and her, her dad, my grandpa, and they're standing next to each other. And my grandpa's like kind of tall. And this, this dude next to him is just like an ogre. And he's like 40 years old at that point. And it was like, I think he fought like 60, 70 fights or wow. something. Okay. <laughs> is that a, I think he was, he was a John Miller too. So then, 
Good Wait. good luck finding out anything about him. I should oh. actually probably. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Wow, that's really wild, man. Um, yeah. Okay, so I want to bust into a little segment we do on the show called Mystery Friends. Okay. Okay, so what happens now is I hit up one of your friends or somebody you know. They told me a story. So I'd like you to kind of tell me the story of what that experience was like or if it was funny or not okay. and then try to tell me who told it um okay. this mystery friend sometimes ha- they miss the point a little bit they always give me a good story but they're really easy to figure out okay so this one okay. told you to ask nikki by the way i haven't known what to call you because you're called dominic nikki i don't fucking know either man um online i don't fucking know yeah <laughs> i was like cool I'm going to speak to Dominic Nikki Palermo today, which means I might, I might get a cement foot bath after this, you know? Um. Yeah. <laughs> when you, when you figure it out, let me know. I, they, they still like, if, if they do use media uses my name, they, they'll spell Like if they use my full name, Dominic, they spell it wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw it, that. it's crazy. It yeah. doesn't matter. Who gives a shit? So anyway, you said, ask Nikki to tell you a story Leading up to the band showing up at the studio Dreamland. Apparently people were waiting for you outside. The van showed up and the door opened. And apparently you guys just came out in like a plume of smoke and drink or whatever. Like, do you remember pulling up to the studio and what the vibe was? Yeah, absolutely. That was a fucking nightmare, actually. Uh, Oh, really? yeah, I was I was in a suit still. I think I, I had a wedding the night before. What? Okay. Uh, I had a wedding the night before. It was like one of the the guys I bartended with uh, too. So, like, it was an all bartending attended wedding. So, oh, okay. like, an open bar sure. in the middle of like Northeast Philly too. <laughs> it was like a five hour drive to the studio. Um, so I like was adamant that everyone like, yo, we're meeting at union, Tra- the union transfer, let us park our van there a lot of the time when ah, we had okay. equipment in it. So cool. it would be safe. So I was like up everybody's ass. I was like, nobody fuck up. Like, don't fuck around. We got to be there on time. This is a serious fucking record. You know, yeah, and this right. isn't, we were like in prime degenerate, nothing at that point. Okay. Like, like we were, we were like like maniacs like as far as partying went like it was it was like it was a dangerous time to be a part of this group uh (laughs) but um i was i was like very adamant like yo like get get here don't fuck up and um i i wound up showing up like an hour late and i was i didn't sleep yet so someone started handing we were drinking whiskey like you know, we were drinking like rocks glasses with like Jameson and just like shooting them. And it was like one of those nights there was a bunch of cocaine and then somebody handed me acid and then I ate mushrooms oh on top goodness. of the acid. <laughs> but it was, it was like insane. I was up all night. I, I rolled to the, I rolled to the union transfer to meet the van. And I was just like, I was an hour late. I was like, everybody was waiting for me. And I was a dickhead that was telling everybody yeah, yeah, to be right. there on time. <laughs> I showed up, I was still in my suit. I lost the suit coat. So I had like a tie on and a white shirt. Oh and my like, God. it was a mess. Get into the van. I was like, yo, I need to go to sleep before we get to the studio. Yeah. So, so we get there, we're like five hours late for the studio. <laughs> um, and we open the door and <clears throat> John Agnello is standing there like greeting us he he thought we were he thought we were dead because like 
I was the only one that had his cell phone and I was passed out with it in my oh, pocket. No. So like <laughs> he didn't know if we were coming or not. And we just opened the van and like we opened the van, like we all just kind of like stumbled out of it. Like and and it was it was a pretty intense situation for sure. That that was day one of the studio. I think we went in there right away and just started tracking too. Like wow. Like, um, yeah, there was a there was a lot of there was a lot of booze drank at that session, especially. Um, we there was a liquor store down the road, and the, when I would walk into the liquor store like daily to like we basically would get like two bottles of wine and then like a bottle of liquor a day. Uh-huh. Um, and when I would get there, uh, the guy would just be like on the internet at the liquor store, and he would just put a box up on the counter when I walked in and then just go back to what he was doing. <laughs> it was pretty crazy, honestly. What's the like, all right, two bottles of wine and a bottle of booze. What, and then like, a whole lot of beer and, sure, and, other and whatever else is yeah. happening. But yeah. what's like your schedule through the day that you can actually work? Are you taking it slow or are you just going for it right off? We, we said two o'clock was our time that we could start like drinking. Basically, we like set a rule. That, it's pretty like, early. No... <laughs> yeah, it's pretty early. It was pretty early. You know, I told someone else that before and I was like really proud of it. I was like, no, we had like a time limit. Like we had to start it too. But we would literally be like sitting there, like especially me and like Brandon, we would be like, like 158, like, like sitting there with like a can of Modelo and a shot of tequila. Yeah, like, right. All right, come on. Just wanting like, two o'clock to show up a little too bad. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. we were waking up at like 10, you know, we'd have a breakfast together and then we would work for four hours. It's, you know, it's, it seemed like a long time <laughs> to be working. <laughs> oh, it so seemed we like did have ages. Rules. We had some rules. What were the other rules to keep it, keep it together? Um, that was really it. No drinking <laughs> before two. That, that, that was like the most important rule because we should have put a cutoff at the back end of it too. Uh, but, uh, yeah, sure. It, um, it really, it, it got ugly a couple times for sure. Yeah. I, I heard another one about uh, tequila night while you were um, <laughs> cutting the piano version of us, we and our, but I was told yeah. it got a little tumultuous and we should maybe not get into it tonight. Unless you want to tell that story. What happened with tequila night? <laughs> I rolled into the liquor store and I seen that they had, they had a display up for, uh, La- I said Los Migos, uh, the George Clooney one. Oh, okay. Yeah, Something right. like that. They had it. We, we actually rolled to the studio and I, it was like, we, w- I mean, we went to the liquor store at like six o'clock. So we had already been drinking. So that was a bad idea. Cause we wound up buying like five bottles of shit. And like, we bought all this weird shit. Like, um, we were trying to drink something different like every other day or yeah. something like, you know, <laughs> so like we got like, we got some fucking Pernod the one day and then we got like some weird Sicilian like aperitif and stuff <laughs> like weird, weird shit, you know, but it, we, they had a display up with George Clooney and we all thought that was hilarious. Um, and we, so we bought like this Casamigos. That's what it is. Casamigos. It is Casamigos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we, Man, we drank it, and for some reason, it turned Brandon into a, like a complete psycho. Like oh. he can't really drink. He he's new. To, he was new to drinking, like five years of it. And okay. like, but like, you know, I'm I'm like a full fledged alcoholic. Like I I've been drinking in bars and working in the bars. Like I I can drink. Like I'm not a lot of people can drink like me. Right. But um, they uh, you know, he he like turned into like a really ugly 
bad person that night and uh you know we were we were we 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 recorded that song live just uh nick playing piano and then brandon and a isolated booth and me in an isolated booth and um and then agnello in the control room and we were just talking to each other and just like kind of talking shit to each other in the in middle of the in, in between takes and, and it, it got, got pretty it got kind of real times. right it got real yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, there's probably audio recorded of this somewhere, and I can't wait till like Nello pulls it out one day because it was pretty good. Like, I think, you know, Agnello said something about like me being the lead vocal, and for some reason it got Brandon really upset. Oh. And he was like, "Oh, the, the lead vocal," or something. Oh, I thought you pulled like a no <laughs> doubt, a no doubt on you yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like the rest <laughs> of the band, but you know, it was it was hilarious. And he was just tripping. Like he was, he like. He didn't seem drunk. He felt he, he like seemed like he had taken drugs or something. Like, uh, so the alcohol right. must have really did something to him. So that late, that night, I I stopped talking to him and we like we separated groups a little bit. And then that night, apparently, he was outside. Like I, I don't know if it was Agnello or somebody else like seeing him. He was like out in the, the the side yard of this thing. He was out in the woods and he was like talking to himself and like talking to a tree. Oh wow! Outside. Uh, and yeah, it sounds like morning. he got his hands on some a little more than the tequila, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Who yeah. knows? It was kind of hard to get anything out there. Uh, <laughs> right. Wow. Who knows? Intense. All right. So I'm assuming you can guess which mystery friend told me this. I guess that was Agnello. Yeah, it was John Agnello. Yeah, that's and he, great. That's... He even said on Tequila Night, he's like, Nikki and Brendan really got into it. I had to step <laughs> in and read them the riot act. He said, I said to Kyle in the control room, should I step in or see how far this goes? He told me I should stop it immediately. <laughs> so, yeah, it sounds like yeah. uh, sounds like it got pretty heavy because John's such a chill dude. I, you know, like imagining him like getting in the middle of a fight. I'm like, what? Oh, uh, yeah. He he I don't think he understood what he was getting into when he <laughs> when he did this record with it. And by the end, I mean, I talked to I talked to John fr- kind of frequently, you know, like sure. uh, we, we, we really got close. Um, but like, he, yeah, we, he was like, I had never seen a band drink like you guys. I've, he's like, I've been around party bands, yeah. but like the, the, the way that we were drinking was just like, you know, like leaving Las Vegas, Nicholas wow. Cage style, like, like, it, it, it gets it's dark but it's kind of funny too at the same time right like um, it's not the thing you want to medal for per se yeah but john agnello's recorded a lot of fucking bands if you guys cool. took that crown yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> kind of impressive you know you, you know that was on my head a little bit too like like uh like we gotta know, be first at something right yeah exactly yeah. you know they recorded they recorded feel the pain there dinosaur jr and right. that like that that pop in the top in the beginning was a um is a as a Glenn I think Glenn Livet like twenty year or something Ooh. and it's just like that pop you know oh, they wow. they recorded that at Dreamland and they oh, were no he shit. was talking about it like the first day he was like yeah by the end of their session in five weeks they had like ten bottles of scotch on the wall uh, on the on the uh in front of the control mirror I was like I was like uh yeah. You're you're gonna see a little bit more than uh, that. Oh, you probably. took that as a challenge, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> big time. It's like, it's like we're 
you know, there's only three of us drinking. You know, it was only me, Brandon, and Kyle, right. and then John occasionally because Nick didn't drink. So, like, I can picture it in your head, almost like a like Dinosaur Junior, huh? All right, Philly yeah. motherfucker, here we go. Yeah, like, like, like I'm never, I'm never gonna play guitar <laughs> as good as Jay, but like, sure. but you I'll know, drink more than him. He be- better stay out of the way when it comes to the. You know. That's fucking funny. Um, anyway, then I then we got out of that record, and then we somehow made it out of that. I don't know how. Yeah, you made it. It was, it was a good fucking record too. You, see, you keep making it back. Hey, Brad, yeah. do you have that Thank thing you. that thing queued up for me? I do. Should I? Should All I right. Yeah, it's time. So <laughs> Let's see if you can hear it. So this is <laughs> this the first is, this time. Is absolutely the best podcast I've ever been a part of. Just to let you know. Oh, that's so good. Thank, thank, that's thank good. you very much no, for your thank gear. you. Attention uh, to detail. So, all right. So, this is the first time we're ever doing this. This is a correct. Wait, what? What should we call this, Brad? We need music for it. This is a, 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 a guest guest, uh, host. guest question. Guest, guest host. host. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. So, we have a guest question today. Lay it on, Brad. Okay, one more time, buddy. My name is Zicky. <laughs> Why didn't nothing be a name? It nothing. <laughs> So that is that is a guest from as you guessed it, my son Zeke, who's a big nothing fan, and I told him he could ask you a question today. So I know I know it's a little amateur, uh, and you've probably answered it, but please answer my son's question. It's honestly one of the questions that like it, it, I I feel like I change my answer to every time. So it's it's a it's a common one. He's not a German. Um, Treat him with respect, please. I, I was just about to say, is this a German? <laughs> They kind of sounded the same. <laughs> My name is yeah. My name is Zeke. Uh, why do you name the band nothing? Is this a philos- Is this a philosophical question or uh, you tell me? Oh, that's fucking awesome. Uh, shit, man, that's awesome. Uh, All right, so yeah, answer yeah, his question. Know, so so uh, okay, well. Uh, the, a lot of this, a lot of this, this, the narrative around nothing and like what it's, it embodies was, was very much, uh, kind of created in that, in that, that maelstrom of, uh, literature that I was reading when I was locked up and kind of continued reading when I came home when, uh, you know, it all kind of started with a little bit of, you know, Russian stuff, you know, Dostoevsky sure. and uh, Gogol and stuff. Yeah, and and it, and it quickly transferred over to a lot of the French stuff and the existentialism and uh, you know okay. Sartre. I think nausea was really the the highlight for me uh-huh. of 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 being really falling really in love with this idea. Um, and uh, I think you know right around that right around that point when we started this 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 band uh you know when i kind of gave it a name um i I was reading this thomas lagodi stuff uh and he kind of talks about like the you know the 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 process which is life um and kind of being pulled from this like peaceful state of like nothingness Mm -hmm. uh into like a screaming loud pain-filled world um fuck yeah and uh that's kind of where it stemmed from uh, early on was, was kind of that. Um, but also I, you know, I was only planning on releasing like a demo or something like that and like making like really rare, weird, obscure tapes, 
with right. this originally. Uh, so I thought it would be kind of a, a, a good troll too, because it's like kind of this ungoogleable uh, thing. <laughs> right. And yeah. uh, let, it wasn't till shortly after that that I realized that I had only set myself up for like failure once again. Uh, <laughs> but the, the joke, the joke was on me as it as it usually yeah, is. Turn so, back on yeah. you. Well, that's Tears funny. Of the clowns. Now I got to explain yeah. to my son who Dostoevsky is. Um, I'll send I'll send them some Thomas Lagodi stuff. Uh, you could you could you could leave it for him. I'm sure that's what you need right now. Yeah, I'll just I'll just slip it into the book collection for when he's ready. Um, yeah. So, what's the most common and dumbest joke about your band name? Uh, I mean, the the who's on third oh. shit kills me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. Uh, and and everyone who it's 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 kind of it's kind of like darkly humorous like we had this conversation like i i kind of invite it sometimes just to like <laughs> watch people like <laughs> watch people like think that they have come up with something that right. like no one has thought of yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. and it's like really oh be like yeah it's like i told my mom i was listening to nothing <laughs> and she didn't understand i'm like really what like wait what do you mean like yeah like when is she's that? like no like it's just like Yes, like she, she didn't get it that I was like actually listening to something. I was just listening to a band called Nothing. I was like, <laughs> dude, that's I was like, that's fucking brilliant, man. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like imagine, imagine like being that oblivious to think that like I I hadn't heard this before at all. Yeah, yeah, um, you were dropping some dime on you. That's the best way to yeah. do it, though, is to to bring people in that way to make them. Yeah, think. I mean. That, they're try- at the end of the day they're trying to make you feel good you know what i mean so yeah like, you- often if you I, just I, force I, yourself to repeat if you force someone else to repeat something then they yeah. often just know how dumb it was the second time they say it yeah exactly i mean i can't even get people to spell my first name right after 10 <laughs> years of doing this so like so this this really does i don't really give a fuck about much to be honest now nah, what's the point of it so yeah. say you could control your audience what is the correct state to listen to a nothing record? <laughs> uh, like, do you want people sober? Do you want people stoned? Like, how do you, when you're, when you're crafting these songs, like, what do you think is like the ideal way of listening to it or understanding it, I guess, even. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily know, honestly. I, I think like the, for me, I guess a good, a good example of this is like, you know, when we were, when we were going to put this record out this year, I, I was probably the only one in my camp that was pushing for this record to be put out this year. Oh, okay. Um, everyone wanted to, to, to maneuver it into 2021 just because, you know, like it's the it, idea it's, you can tour. It's so. more beneficial. Like you can tour around it. You're yeah. going to sell more records. You know, people thought that this was going to be like a, a busy time for music. Um, and and my whole point was this: like, I, you know, I, I I make this music for me, you know, but I I understand that the the, re, the reactionary level that I've caused by doing this, and that, that there's a lot of people out there that really care about this music, and it means a lot to them. Um, and this is, you know, around this point, I, I you know, I've had a, I had a couple friends, I had a lot of friends. And, and acquaintances and people in Philly kind of 
you know, they, they passed on. There's a like this fentanyl craze in Philly has just been like really tragic. Yeah, I've seen a lot yeah. of people that I've gone to school with, a lot of people, yeah. friends of brothers and family, like everybody's been really affected by that. Yeah. Plus I had, you know, um, you know, I had Riley from power trip, yes. you know, he, uh, he, he passed on and then Wade from iron age. Right. So I, I, I the, the one thing that I've managed to compile through this life is, is, is experience and, and mm. not being in, in, in ideal situations. And, and I, I knew this was not going to be an easy thing for people to get past. Um, it's, 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 it's really affected a lot of like, uh, it's, it's affected everybody, but it's affected musicians and a lot of my yes. peers in the industry and in, in a lot of really awful ways. And, and, and I, you know, I, I foreseen, I foreseen a, uh, a problem. And I still do this winter, I think is going to be ex- exceptionally difficult. And I, unfortunately, I really hope I'm wrong, but I, 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 I see it, a lot of problems and, and, and more of this kind of stuff happening. But, um, you know, I, I just wanted to get this music out because I felt like it needed to live in this year. It, yeah. it was really embodied, it embodied this year for me. Um, and I know that there's a lot of people out there that, that, that this could help lift them or help them get through like something. And, and for me, that that's really important. So as far as like how I want people to, to, to perceive it, if they're, if they're making an effort to perceive perceive it in any way that's 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 all i could really ask for uh, you know that's i guess that's the best way to put it i love that it's a beautiful record it really is um i i really appreciate got into it pretty deep i had listened to it when it first came out i got into it really deep in the last couple of days and it's it's cool and i'm a big fan of your group as you know i've been hitting you up for a while about that yeah. and, and I, I i really like the progression um i like that you're trying obviously trying different things and expanding mm-hmm. and not staying in the same uh, same exact wheelhouse. I think it's really clever and it sounds great. I'm totally into it. Um, but yeah, I'm going to let you out of here. We got you for 90 minutes and I appreciate it. So this is this is my last I had question. A, I, had a, I, had a, I honestly had a really good time talking to you guys. Yeah. I, I appreciate the, 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 hey, there's You put some work into it and the questions and stuff. And I, 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 that's always much appreciated. So thank you. Oh, no worries. Thank you for doing it. So you talked a little about the, you know, you, so much of this is a culmination of your experience. And I heard you talk about this in a couple of interviews. And since I'm someone fascinated with it too, I have to ask besides for death, what is the closest version of peace that this earthly existence can offer you? Like, what's your perfect day? Which makes you feel at peace besides for this idea that our existence ceases and then you'll find peace? Hmm. Well, I'll tell you that I don't really, I, I, I don't really understand the comp- concept of like peace to, to be honest. I, right. I don't know if I've ever really felt it to, uh, complete peace before. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I know I have these, these, I have these instances where I feel invincible. Mm. Um, and I think that's probably the closest that I could get to be feeling at peace. And I, I think that's like a, when I say invincible, I, I think that I, I, I achieve some sort of level at some point. Um, you know, a lot of the time it's, it's after a bender where I only sleep for an hour and I wake up and I, I'm still a little drunk or, you know, I, 
I, I feel like a lot of those days start like that, um, where mm. I ch- just trudge on. But it's basically it's it's those days where I, I I'm I'm most connected with with what I think this existence is, mm-hmm. um, and and then I, I and I don't fear it, and I don't resent it, and that uh, that that I'm at one with it being as you know, truly as chaotic as it all is. Um, and, and those kind of days is when I feel, um, the most at peace because I feel like I've, 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 I feel like I've, um, I, I feel like that I, I, I'm walking through fire, um, and, mm. and being unscathed. Um, so huh. it, it's, it's, I guess it's kind of a weird place to, to be, uh, I mean, a way, a weird way to explain it, but like, you know, being able to walk through that, that fire and, 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 and have it not harm me. Yeah. Um, and, and, and kind of like laughing as I'm doing it <laughs> right. is, is, is when I feel most at peace because I, to me, I, I don't think that there is a, a true peace. I think that's, that's what peace is, is, you know, right. is, is being able to, to sit there and, and, and have everything affect you, but mm. be, be able to control it all. So, yeah. That's awesome. It sounds liberating. Yeah. <laughs> so just so just get on a bender and then sleep for an hour and wake up and start drinking again. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish... don't know. I don't know why I thought of that. That's that's the moment. I honestly just some some of those kind of days, and I don't have a lot of them left in me. I don't think, unfortunately. But yeah, um, yeah, you feel like you can just do whatever you want at those kind of days, and 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 it's. It's it's a nice feeling. That's, That's why a- being on on the road with us for a thirty days straight is like. Meanwhile, I'm I'm thinking on those levels, and like the other dudes in the band are probably like looking over at me, like as I'm trying to explain this, like what the fuck is this dude talking about? <laughs> yeah, we got, yeah. I gotta I gotta get home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta be honest with you, man. I I did the research this interview, and sometimes I walk away going like, I think me and that guy would get along. And you're one of them yeah. because I, right. I bum That's people awesome. out all the time. I freak people out all the time because, you know, we're talking for like 90 seconds and I'm already on death or I'm already on, you know, <laughs> something else. And they're like, Jesus, like, I just wanted to catch up about your family, you know? So, yeah. so some people just, uh, you know, have an ability to see through the bullshit and maybe it's, you know, maybe it's who you are or maybe it's the culmination of your difficult experience, but you know, some people just want to want to expose it to the bone and get down there. Some people don't, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. thanks for, thanks for to... being one of the searchers. I appreciate it. Oh, thank, thank, thank you for putting it that way. I, re- I really appreciate it. So nah, no worries, man. Well, thanks again. Take care, for... take care of little Zeke too, man. Yeah, That's it. Tell, do him a f- you got him playing drums already, huh? Yeah. He's rocking out a bit. Yeah. I think yeah, he's... you're a mean dad. <laughs> <laughs> You know he's just going to be the drummer in every band Listen, now. For sure. I told I'm already I already told him about <laughs> publishing. He knows. I'm like, "Listen, kid, if you're going to play drums, you're still going to write the fucking songs, all right? Don't be yeah, like me. Yeah. Don't be like me." Yeah. yeah. Don't worry. He'll learn from the cautionary tales of his father. Good, I'm not going to spin good. a yarn that's uh that's incomplete. <laughs> good shit. Good shit. We're all pulling right, for Zeke. Yeah, let's, let's pour one out for the Z man. Hey, thanks again, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, Brad Mountain. <laughs> that was Yeah, that's me.
What's up, Brad Mountain? How's it going? You know, it's disappointing. We went through so many things in this interview. I feel like I was on a a, a human roller coaster. It was great. I enjoyed so much of this interview and really enjoyed talking to him. We didn't even get to the Sixers. There was like, <laughs> you know, like when I first hit him up about doing an interview, literally my pitch was like, yo, come on, going off track. We'll fucking talk shit about the Sixers and maybe some other stuff, you know, didn't even get to it. Could you, could you hear me back here with my, my fingers crossed? Like, come on, come on, come on. like, please, please <laughs> don't talk about something I can't talk about. Ah, oh, come on. Let's do some, uh, let's do the social media sites. So what, I totally forgot what I said. Now these guys are band of nothing, band of nothing, band of nothing, Instagram, Twitter, you know where we are. We've already uh, propped our Patreon account. You can also, if you're a little more frugal or like most of us these days in the midst of a pandemic um, and you still want to do something, just give us a great review on iTunes or yeah. you can give us a little tip on Venmo at off track. Um, that's all we need, man. It's just, it's just to, to know you're out there listening to us. You know what I'd like to see, Brad? Do you know how that a couple weeks ago someone left the comment on iTunes that was essentially like, it was a little sexually explicit, you know? He was saying that he would turn down sex, turn down oral sex, any number of things to listen to an episode of Going Off Track. Right. (laughs) At first I was like, why can't the two be simpatico here, you know? Like, I don't know why sex and our (laughs) podcast are mutually exclusive Maybe should I lower the tone of my it voice is a podcast. to make it a little sexier? Maybe I should. <laughs> you and I, I'd say we don't talk about it much on here, but we both have a past in our past. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think both of us enjoy some sexually explicit content. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. it's fun. Yeah. So I'd like to see uh, somebody <laughs> trump that review <laughs> that I saw on iTunes with an even more sexually explicit and not like oh i just like you know like went down on my girlfriend like i don't want to hear stuff like that i want it to sound like a teddy pendergrass song you know tell me that you were listening to going off track with some scented candles and some hot oils with like a fake bearskin rug you know maybe with a uh a nice bolognese on the stove and just i want the whole mood to be set sexual i want people in silk I want them in ascots, you know? <laughs> you feel me on this? Yeah. Sure. Okay. So so <laughs> this is my quest to the audience. Please make, make me it, happy, you know? Make Benny happy. And if you can't do that, then just make him a Wikipedia page. Ugh, it still hasn't happened. <laughs> right. It's crazy. I don't know All how right. many times I got to ask for it. Let's wrap it up. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Thanks again to Nikki. The new record is awesome. Everybody listen to nothing. And uh, thanks for listening to the program. Have a good week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.